0: This is the Ed Show. Okay, my guest today is one of the greatest golfers of his generation, although he was just sharing with me that it didn't necessarily start out that way. This is somebody who is not even the number one golfer on his high school golf team and rarely played the number one in college. In fact, I was reading that he did not even make first team all-conference in college. And then he ends up going on to be, and listen to this, everybody, He joins a few guys you may have heard of before. He joins Sam Sneed, Seve Ballesteros, Nick Faldo, and two guys named Jack Nicklaus and Tiger Woods in the history of the sport he's chosen, or has chosen him, called golf, as the only men in the history of that game to win both the Masters and the Open Championship at St. Andrews. And so quite a leap from number two or three in high school to joining Jack Nicklaus, Tiger Woods, Sneed, Ballesteros, and Faldo. So... Zach, thank you for being here. Uh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me, Ed. It's going to be good. I want to read something to you. You said, and what I want to do today, I think your great strength is your mental game and your mental approach to the sport, and, you know, I have these theories, and one of them is that, you know, you're a, I, the more I've been around you, I've seen you're a business, kind of like what Jay-Z says, you're, you're not a businessman, you're a businessman, and the, the game of golf is a business, and... The more and more I'm around business people, I think they need to train and prepare like athletes do in this generation mm. to be a modern, a modern, successful business person. And I think more and more athletes have started to train like business people. And so mm. I want to talk about that a little bit. I, read, I was reading something you said. You said, everybody talks about this guy's got so much talent because he hits it so far referencing other guys. And he's so athletic, blah, blah, blah. And you said, I understand that, but that's physical talent. There's also mental talent. And That's something I strive to get better at. I've always relished the fact that I can withstand the difficult tests. Some guys fold, some guys falter, and I'm not suggesting all of them do because some guys are better than me in this regard, but I love being in difficult situations and having to execute. He said, in basketball terms, I want the ball, I want the last shot. I'm not saying I'm definitely going to make it, but I'm not going to pass it either. I'm going to shoot it. and I like that mentality. That's how I was raised. I thought, well, that's how he was raised. So. Your dad used to say to you, supposedly, winning isn't everything, but wanting to win is. What did? What does that mean for you? And did he say that? Mm-hmm. Like, Did he say that?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, yeah. Uh, you, what you just recited is something that I continue to, you know, I, I bring that out and tell myself uh, exactly that in, in a lot of instances. I certainly tell kids that. I tell uh, other athletes that. And, and, and individuals, you know, like you mentioned, in the business world, I mean, you know, it is such an individual game, you know, in the sense that really when it comes down to it, the execution execution of shots are, are what people notice are what this you know, your scorecard is indicative of, but you know, there's more to it than just you know, hitting a ball and hitting again. There there's so much that goes on outside the ropes. Inside of the ropes, there's so much between the years. Uh, you know, in, in the process of the game, in the process of each year, each week. You know, I mean, there, there's certain instances for me where, you know, making cuts is is almost irrelevant. It's where's the improvement? Where what's lacking? What's you know what do I need to work on? Turning the negatives into positives, and all that all that kind of mentality that, you know, I think athletes have to have. I mean, the the best ones in the in the game in their sport, you know, really don't fixate on. You know, I guess you would say the outcome. They, they're they're more concerned about how to get there, and and when you get there, you know, you relish that, and certainly want to improve all all along. But um, I've got a great team of individuals, as you know, as you know Ed and and guys that I trust and trust me. And uh, you know, I'm I'm not the most dominating guy physically, but I think you know, as an athlete, that that isn't always necessary, especially in this in this game of golf that's so Mentally demanding. Uh there's just there's just more to it than a three hundred and fifteen yard carry.
0: Yeah, the it's interesting you say I was looking at your team, and you've got I think probably starts, you'd agree with your wife, Kim. But (laughs) but I look at you got this trainer, Troy, Damon's your caddy, Bender's your swing guy, Brad's your manager, Moe's your mental Mm. coach, you've got this group around you. And they were saying what you just said about you. I was sitting on the range when you're hitting balls a couple weeks ago with Brad. Mm. And he said, and maybe you could elaborate on this, because business people face this too, right? Like, not everybody's the most gifted communicator or the best sales guy or the most boisterous, necessarily. But the guys sure. that end up, up winning are grinders. They're competitors, sure. right? And 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 I was sure. You, sure. And they perform under pressure. You know, if they, it's a big sale, they can close it. If it's a presentation, they give it. They do their best under pressure. And it's Brad said to me, I go, what is it with him? Because I've played with you. I mean, you're... You're an unbelievable yeah. player. You're one of the best of your generation. But you're not you don't bomb at 340. And right. and and he said his gift, his talent is a is a bigger talent which is under pressure, he executes as well as he does when there isn't pressure, maybe even a little yeah. bit better. And most of the guys he plays with, they're pretty good on Friday. They might be all right on Saturday, but Sunday on the back nine when they need to make a shot, he can make it. And is that true? Yeah. How how'd you get that? Were you are you that way naturally, or is that something you've worked on with Mo? Or what is that? Yeah, I, I think it's
1: probably it's probably a combination of a few things. I mean, you know, for me, I, I, I relish the opportunity where the nerves are heightened. I relish the opportunity where truly, you know, the execution of the shot is is is, is pressure packed. I mean, that's mm. why I practiced, and and you know, I've got certain drills and certain games i guess you will that i play with myself that allows me to you know somewhat mimic those situations to you know without you know actually being in it but you know as a kid as, a, as an athlete as a kid i mean my, my life was sports as a kid and um you kind of said it golf picked me you know i mean i really didn't pick it i would have rather played probably anything else but um as a kid i, I like the underdog story i like the individuals the team's that you know weren't supposed to, you know. I mean, it, their backs were against the wall, and and you know they they stepped up. I mean, growing up in Iowa, you know, it's all up there. It's all college sports, and it was all those teams up there that you know had talent certainly, and then, but you know it it was it was the teams that could rise up to the difficult situations and occasionally knock off the big guys. And I've mm. I've always had them in. I've always loved that, you know, mm. regardless of who it is or or what team it is. Um, so that's always been embedded in me. And then with, with Dr. Mo, what I've learned with him Ed, is, you know, I, I think that's probably an innate trait I have or yeah. an intangible piece of uh, competition I have instilled in me. Mm-hmm. But alongside of that, what I've learned, and, and this is the part that I think I've trained myself with, is, is you know, I'm not going to wow you with a drive. I mean, I, unless you get wowed with accuracy and boring shots, <laughs> I'm just mm-hmm. not going to wow you. Mm-hmm. But what I can wow you is, just that i i can i can continually hit consistent shots I, I i keep the golf course in front of me and i don't you know put myself out of out of play too much mm-hmm. and, and, and in this game over 72 holes that can pay dividends mm-hmm. more than that what i've really learned and understood is what i need to practice and what mm-hmm. what i'm good at going back to what you were talking about in the business world what aspects of golf am i good at and what can i make better you know, everybody talks about. Well, I, I know my strengths. I know my weaknesses. I got to work on my weaknesses. Well, well, of course you do. But your strengths, are your strengths, and you're, that's probably what got you where you are. Why not improve those? Why not sharpen those and polish those? So, for me, it's my accuracy with my tee shots, it's my wedge playing, and obviously, in the game of golf, you got to putt well. And oh. I'm not suggesting I'm a great putter, but anybody that's putting on the weekend and they're on television specifically on Sunday, they're putting pretty well. So, right, right. You know, the bottom line is, is I, there's about two or three things in my game. When I go to the range, when I leave the house and practice, you know, I'm going to hit my six iron. I'm going to practice some eight irons. You know, I, I'm going to do that, but I'm going to hit more drivers, wedges, and a lot of putters. And that's
0: that's really what, what does it. Those aspects are, are going to allow me to climb the leaderboard. I watched the open. You bogey the 17th hole on the last day, Right. And so you're on the 18th hole. You got, I think it's like about a 25-foot putt. And that putt, inevitably, if you make it, it's going to put you in a playoff to win the cleric jug, right? You ha- This actually happened to you. And yeah. so you're over that putt. I'm just curious. You're over that putt. You and Damon are, you're reading the putt, if he helps you read the putt. Do you, for a second, reflect on all the grind you've put in and all the work? Does that give you comfort, confidence, or... What are you thinking in that second? I'm curious. What goes into you won the championship? What's in your head in that second? I I would
1: say most of the time no. I mean, you know, all the time and and, you know work and energy I put in does not go does not you know surface in that instance. But what does surface is, fortunately in that instance because that one was very vivid still in my mind is is exactly what that putt was. What exactly was in front of me. Well, it was, like you said, it was about a 25-foot putt, a little left to right. <laughs> at the bottom of the – towards the hole, it, it kind of flattens out. It might even go left based on what Damon has seen in his yardage book and from previous tournaments there. We kind of knew that pin placement leveled off. We knew that. So, fortunately, I had all that – you know, I had all the information. At that, You know, it comes down to execution. And the last thing that went through my mind was speed. And You know, I mean, because the bottom line is you, you might know the line perfect, but, one, you got to hit it on it. The two – even if you hit it on it, it may not go on if you don't have the right speed. So, fortunately, the speed was the last thing that went through my mind, and I'm very grateful for that. I mean, that, that's something that, you know, I continue to tell junior players, other pros, is you can make a putt a number of different ways, but your speed is ultimately the most important. And and fortunately, in that instance, that, that's what that's what surfaced for me. Um,
0: no, what's, you know, what's interesting about that, Just I want to say this to you, just from like a business side for people that are listening to this, Couple of things you said in the last five minutes is bare repeating. That one is that this simple, repeatable kind of mundane routine gives you security. That's what I think is what helps everybody perform under pressure is something they do that's repeatable, right? It's reflexive. You don't have to think about the million putts you've hit because it's a reflexive action for you. Just like somebody who's well drilled and well practiced in their presentation, for example. And then the other piece, just to reinforce it, is you're in the moment is really what you just said. You said, I don't have time to think about it. I'm in that moment. And that's a lot of people, it's difficult because there are guys who have had that putt that are thinking, if I make this, what if I don't? They're, they're, they move forward into the future of what it might look like if they do or don't, whereas it sounds to me as if you were so in the moment you didn't have time for other thoughts. Is that accurate? Oh, without question.
1: That is, that is exactly right. What exactly is in front of me? The single, solitary stroke in front of me is a 25 foot foot left to right that might level off of the end and that's that's all mm. and, and at that point it, you really got to get down to how you prepared trust in that all i mean just like you said it, it's all the time and all the energy and all the work you put in you not you don't have to reflect on it but that should instill confidence you've been in that situation before and so it really it just comes down to you know for me routine Trusting my routine, the process of that, and and then you know the execution, is what I can control. I can control you know how many steps I take to the to go into the putt. Hmm. I can take you know how many practice strokes I take, how many looks I have at the hole, etc. And after that, the the outcome. I don't want to say it's irrelevant, but I can't I can't do anything more than what I know and yeah. what I can control. Hmm. The outcome will take care of itself.
0: Is the routine the same every time when you're over a putt? Does your pre- It should
1: be. So, it should be. I'm not suggesting it is every time. I mean, every shot's different, but at the same time, it really should be. I mean, that's you know that's why I have Dr. Mo. That's why I have those coaches, and that's something that I continue to try to own and craft. I mean, it, it really should be. I mean, we always think of examples, and granted, it's kind of pertinent right now because he's making a comeback, thankfully.
0: Yeah.
1: If you look at Tiger, especially when he was playing consistently, I mean, it, you couldn't tell if you if you if you were rewinding and fast forward, you couldn't tell if it was a four foot putt on Thursday on the 18th hole, or a six foot putt on 18 on Sunday to win a golf tournament. I mean, it was almost to the split second, mm-hmm. and, and and that's just that's just a great sign of someone that's really disciplined, someone that's really in the moment, someone that really trusts what they're doing, how they go about their execution. That's what we're all striving to do. And I, uh, I think you know, that's I think
0: that's, to that's, you. That's I think when you say it, you kind of take that for granted. But that is one of the rarest things for an uh, athlete or a business person to be able to do is rely on their routine. Typically, even a guy like Tiger Woods, who's an outstanding player, it's mundane, grinding, repeatable stuff that gives him... Like even your golf swing is a highly repeatable golf swing. I think that's one of the th- reasons that you are successful across the board is your golf swing's repeatable. It, not a lot of swings like yours on tour, but it's just... Right. It's a really replicatable golf swing for you. I want to Talk about practice just real quick because I want to get into that because i got a son who will kill me if I don't ask you this question, and I think business people, <laughs> this can apply too. What is practice like for you? In other words, is it, uh, you just said something, you work on your strengths most of the time, but do you get tired of it? Is it the same thing typically? Do you mix it up, or what's practice look like for you?
1: No, I think it's a great question. Um, I basically know when I go to the golf course what I'm going to do how long I'm going to do it? What my breaks are going to be? When I'm going to eat, et cetera. And uh, I think it has to be though. I mean, I, you know, I only have so much time throughout the day, and I'm also, you know, I'm also 40 years old, where right. my body can only do so much. So I go to the gym. That's a typical, you know, start. Get a good workout in, get limber, and and hopefully, you know, just feel like your body's in a good position to hit, hit some golf balls and putt and chip. I get to the golf course, and like you said, I I, I bet my 90 plus percent of my practice. Covers three different things, and that's my driver, my wedges. When I say my wedges, I'm talking, you know, 110 yards and in, around the green distance, distance control, and then obviously putting. So mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, my putting specifically would be about 25% mechanics, and then about 75% uh, on feel, on games, really? on speed Really? Um, you know, what, what I've learned in the game of golf is, is, you know, when it comes down to the golf swing. You can kind of say it's probably 75% technical and then about 25% feel. Wow. I think the short game and the putting stroke and, and, and putting in particular is probably the opposite. I mean, there, there's a number of ways to do it. And I think it's that 70, 75% feel, 25% mechanics, because it's just it, it just requires so much speed and feel around the greens that it's just imperative. So, you know, that, that's where I try to do most of my practice. And I, I've got numerous drills numerous games and we're always trying to fine-tune that but
0: um i mean i enjoy it i enjoy the practice yeah what you do is you and this is for business guys too you simulate game situations and you distill it down to the three things four things whatever it is that matter that business people struggle to do that. It's an important lesson to take away is you got to simulate a real game situation with a client or a prospect or whatever it might be and then you got to distill down the two or three things you really need to be able to execute on under pressure so i want to ask you a couple things I asked you a couple years ago, I said, I said, do you love golf? Because, and the reason, the context for this is this. I think some business people, they hear all these things like you have to have passion. You got to love what you do. And I'm here to tell people I've made millions of dollars in business. I haven't loved what I do every second that I do it. And I certainly, I certainly fatigue on process. Sometimes you rely on process. I rely Mm. on process. But let me tell you what you said back to me. It was interesting because I remember I've I repeated that you said this to me to other athlete friends of mine. And mm-hmm. I, I said what he said was, he goes, I don't know. I, I like golf, but I've and you said I friggin love competing. Mm-hmm. Like, is that like and I know it's hard to talk about yourself this way, but are you kind of like one of those nutball competitive type people? Like no matter what it is, and that's got to give you some edge. What did you mean when you said that? elaborate a little bit yeah no yeah I did say that you're that's that's a really good memory uh
1: you know yeah I mean I, again I, I do I like the game of golf I mean you know I don't if I take a week off I don't really have a massive itch to go practice mm-hmm. or play like I once did but I don't mind going there fortunately I like the gym more so than I do the, yep. the game of golf just because at this day and age, the only way I'm going to keep competing is if I stay healthy. So mm-hmm. longevity, injury prevention, the gym is a, is a mainstay. Mm-hmm. So with that, yeah, I mean, I thoroughly enjoy competition. It doesn't <laughs> matter if I'm watching it, if I'm in it, mm-hmm. if my kids are in it, mm-hmm. if, you know, my niece or my nephew's in it. I, I just enjoy it. I love I love witnessing it. Um <laughs> You know, I love winning. I mean, there's no question I like winning. But, you know, as an athlete, I guess, and as a competitor, I probably get – I don't want to say satisfaction. I probably get more out of losing. I probably get more out of the moments where, you know, I put all the time in and, you know, I'm in the situation where I have an opportunity to win and I don't come through. Mm -hmm. But, man, I still love it. If anything, those moments drive me to be better. And I just – I don't know what it is, you know – Fortunately, I don't mind the practice and the grind to get to those, those, those situations. But I, I know I, I'm a realist in the sense that I, it's, just, it's just not always going to come. You know, The ball's not always going to lip in. It could lip out. And right. that's okay. That's okay because I feel like sometimes I'm going to get my time. I'm going to get my shot, and I'm going to relish that when I get it.
0: By the way, is that, uh, is that true? By the way, so I, I, don't, I think it was a PGA. The year DJ had that issue in the bunker, I think people forget, you could have won that golf tournament. Couldn't you? Was that the yeah. year? Is that right? You, you, yeah. Okay, you finished like third right? You think you finished like third day? No, no, that's right. I 3 that, that's correct. I could hear in your voice the little twinge. But but honestly, so yeah. you walked away from there, not depressed or bummed out very long. It turned into more fuel for you? Really? Is that right? Well, you, no. I'd be lying to you
1: <laughs> if I said that. Okay. You know, when I, when I left the golf course, you know, the immediate feelings the immediate you know I I guess you'd say reflection was I was pretty upset I don't want to say I was pissed but I was mad I mean I I can look back on it Ed and I can tell you that was at West Straits in 2010 that week was the best ball striking week I think I've had Tita Green or at least one of the top three that I've ever had and and it was in a major and I'm like if my putting would have shown it would have been a different story but it didn't and you know, again, I'm, I'm, if I look back on it, I mean, I made about a 12 footer for par and 18 to, to tie for third. You know, and quite frankly, we all know Dustin should have won the tournament by two shots instead of uh, instead of losing it. But right. you know, that, that, that's irrelevant. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's the immediate reaction after losing is not necessarily a positive. But if you if you sit back on it and and think about it and look back on, it, you're like, well. Jeez, look at all look at what you did look, you got yourself in that position you know the guy that came on top was just how much better that week, mm. or again, his puts looked in and yours didn't you know right. or he chipped in and you didn't you know I mean whatever it is this is there's such a fine line when you get to the highest level on any sport or any competition or any any venture any business I mean when it comes down to it you you really just got to accept the fact that you're just not always going to get the outcome that you desire or, or visualize. However, if you keep at it and you trust what you're doing, it's going to happen at some point. And, 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 I, and I fully believe in that. I've got great coaches that trust in me and I trust in them. And it's always a big picture. You, you know, the way I say it, you, you got to have a vision for the future, but your focus has to be right now.
0: That's really good. Speak to that. I, we don't have too much more time, but I love that, by the way. Um, that's like a replay that part of the audio right there part. So you you just described uh, a few weeks ago you were talking exactly what you just said. I was sort of surprised. You talked about you get your team together every year and you forecast the next year, reflect on the previous year. And talk about what you – you shared that it was a little bit – I was struck. It wasn't all about just wins and losses for you as you forecast because a lot of people are going to hear this audio as we roll out into the new year, their new business Mm. year. And you you said some things. I don't know if you remember this or not, but I was struck by – you were more about the measurements of specific aspects of your game than necessarily the big result. In other words, it wasn't about I want to win eleven times. It was about I want to be I hit blankety blank fairways in regulation or whatever it was. Talk about how you approach your planning and your goal setting type stuff for a second.
1: Sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, what we've learned is you know there's usually three or four, well four or five in particular, but three or four each year stats that really can elevate my golf game and get me in a position to win golf tournaments. I mean, the bottom line is, yeah, you can write your bulletin board goals, your, you know, put them up there and list them. You know, I want to win majors. I want to be in contention in this and I want to make this team and da. well, sure. But how are you going to get that? You know, so all of ours are objective based hmm. and, and it, within those objectives, is practice, what drills am I going to do? What, you know, what sort of games am I going to replicate so that my practice is transferable, right? Yep. So, with all that being said, I mean, we 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 break it down and get to the point where, and I mean, it, we hash it out. There's a lot of discussion and even heated discussion. I mean, it's it's healthy. I wouldn't want it any other way. Because, uh, like you said in the very beginning of this conversation, it's my business. It is. Yep. Technically, it's still my job I don't know if it's a clear-cut job but it, it it is my vocation and it, I'm going to give it 110 percent and I'm gonna I'm gonna certainly get the right team assembled and, and try to get better I mean yep. I you know I don't want to get stagnant I want I don't I mean I like the word maintenance and certain things but for the most part I want to get better yep. and so that's what that time's about it's about getting this crew together we have a common bond we have a common end-all be-all vision for the future but our focus is the next day what am I going to do in practice that's going to allow me to Get in a better position each and every week.
0: Yeah, I think you. I think so many people think about these big picture things, and they don't measure the tangible things they need to do. I mean, like if you're a sales guy, yeah, you'd like to be the make a million dollars a year, but are you making the phone calls every day? That it's so transferable. Golf and this, it's 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 kind of odd to me how similar they are. Uh, you're in your gym right now. People probably wouldn't believe this, but it's it's nine thirty in the evening where you are, and you are in your gym. And I've watched. I, I, I was, and you know that I love the gym. I, I was. Yeah. I think modern business people are athletes. I think they should train physically. I don't mean they need to be ripped or buff, but I think you're careful. Although you recommended that one barbecue place to me, so I know you're not careful about every single meal. That barbecue place. <laughs> that, that place was awesome, by the way. But I, def, <laughs> but I know you're careful. And I, I was at your first win at the Bell South when you won. Right. And but I, but I've watched your body change and your dedication mm-hmm. to your body. And I. I've actually also observed your confidence change. Obviously, winning majors probably helps a guy's confidence. But I've watched, particularly a couple weeks ago when I saw you, your legs, your lower body's bigger than mine. I mean, your, your, your core <laughs> and your legs are, st- I mean, they look like, no, seriously, you watch it like a, a Manny Pacquiao. He's not a big man, but his lower half right. is so strong. And I noticed yeah. that in you. I was, my gosh, his legs have changed. And so, yeah. for a second, what's your, <laughs> what's your dedication to fitness? I mean, talk about that just for a second of how that applies. I think there's a little secret, too. I think knowing you're in the gym at 9.30 at night gives you some added confidence, knowing I'm doing stuff not every guy on tour's doing. I, I don't think yeah. it's just the physical strength. I don't think it's just the physical. What do you, Talk about your dedication to your body and how that's changed real quick.
1: Sure. No, I mean, you know... Here, you're always looking for, uh, you know, one little thing that can elevate or take you to another level, or even, you know, quite frankly, trump your your peers, your your opponents. Right? I mean, I'm always trying to figure out what's best. But one, it's not rocket science. I mean, I I can tell you, you know, for me, it's also finding time during the day. Shoot, we're also in the holiday season, and my kids are all about Christmas fever right now, and so, (laughs) you know, we've got activities and homework and all sorts of things going on at home. And but when that's done. I mean, today I had a good practice. You know, I worked out before I went, had a good practice, and now I'm at home. And, you know, I mean, I, I, we, we put in a little gym, makeshift gym in here, so that I can do exactly what I need to do, if given the time. And, and, you know, the kids are in bed. I mean, why not? Right. You know, I, I even if it's just a stretch at the end of the day, so that when I wake up tomorrow morning, I'm ready. I mean, it, it's not it's not like I'm going to sit in here and start doing bench press at 930, but I'm, I'm certainly going to make sure my body is – in a position that, like I said, where I I feel like tomorrow I can tackle it, I can hit it hard when I do go to the gym and, you know, I can have a successful day of practice. Otherwise, you know, I mean, if I don't prepare for tomorrow, then quite frankly, tomorrow's, today was irrelevant and so is tomorrow. Um, So it's always, you know, it's always always just taking you know, whatever necessary steps it is for my body, which is my instrument to be in in the proper position. I love, you know, I don't mind the cardio as much as I once did. I don't particularly care for it. I don't I, I, mean, I don't love it, but I will mean, do it. Yep. Uh but I love doing all the exercises that, that Doctor Troy uh has put to put in my plate and, and I mean I thoroughly enjoy it. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm seeing the benefits of it. I. you brought up one point, I'm not suggesting they're <laughs> big but I, I do appreciate. It. I wish my wife could have heard that. You know, I, I love hammering my legs. I, I could love tell. It. I mean yeah. I as an athlete, I mean, you know, I mean, I love, I played a lot of basketball, a lot of soccer as a kid, you know, and so that, that stamina, endurance really was never much of an issue for me, but at, at 40, again, I, I you gotta be a realist, you know, I mean, it's not, you know, there's, it's not,
0: you know, you, you can
1: still stay in great shape and add muscle and get more flexible, and, and that's what I'm trying to do.
0: Yeah, well, you look to me physically like you're in the best shape of your life. I don't know whether or not that's accurate, but you do. So, I mean, I I think everybody needs to hear that, though. Every business guy ought to be moving their body every day, ought to be trying to gain that little advantage over. If it gives you five more minutes of endurance in a day to make one more phone call, you've outdone your competition. So, I'm with you on A couple more things, and I'm going to let you go because it's late out there. Um, Please. Yeah, I, I want to ask you a little quote I saw. You said, "I don't play emotional golf; I play emotional golf." Do you remember saying that? What did it mean?
1: I guess you know. I, I may I may have bastardized that, but but what, <laughs> what I'm trying to say there is is what I've learned in, in certain instances, especially in certain tournaments. You know, everything's on the line when when it's you know a major championship or a Ryder Cup or a President's Cup or whatever it is. When those big tournaments arise, you know, how are you going to get through those situations? You know, and it's really understanding yourself. You know, the way I play, Ed, may not be appropriate for you. It may not be appropriate for the next guy. I mean, you know, I mean, in, in, in Ryder Cup play, you know, what's my partner? How is he? How does he play golf? You know, I don't want to, you know, hold him back. You know, I've played with the likes of Phil. He's been my partner a few times. i played with uh, Hunter Mahan. I've played with um, a lot of guys that played like me, boring golf. And I also play with guys that just kill it, like a Jimmy Walker. So, you know the point is, is understanding really emotionally how you play the game. You know, for me, it's, I, I don't need to let it out. I don't need to mm-hmm. let it be that exuberant or that rah rah. Some guys need to let it out. I mean, at the end, I might let it out, but in the, in the course of competition, I don't want to say I, I harness it or I bottle it. But I just it's just, it's, it's it's an execution of a shot. And then it's a circle and I go through it again and do the and do it again. and you know, for the next shot it's the same thing. It shouldn't be any different. So that's how I've always approached it. I've learned that I think in the cups in particular, but also in major championships. My emotions will get the best of me if I don't play the emotional golf that I know and that is really trying to take it out of it. I don't I just don't need it.
0: to to, uh, be successful. That is awesome. That is awesome. If you go... I like that. If you go back to the beginning, let's go back We'll we'll go to the beginning to wrap things up. When we said this, it's actually... We passed this over, but it's one of the great stories in sports in 20 years. It really is that a guy... Everyone tells the story about Michael Jordan, you know, supposedly didn't make his varsity basketball team. I'm highly skeptical of that story. But I... I know you did. You know what I mean. I just maybe for a day you yeah. didn't, right? But he's Michael Jordan, right. so he's physically gifted. But I know I'm around you. I know you're not six four. I know. I know you weren't yep. gifted with everything. What changed? So you is it? I have a theory, and I think every business guy that I know that's very successful, from our new president to you know guys I know in in Transamerica yeah. Agon, have kind of a coach. And that coach sometimes guides them through their business swing. Is running into Mike Bender and a, him changing your—is that the primary difference? Do you think in changing your game from a guy who's so-so in high school? You know, I read you got right. one, one Division One scholarship offer, and you right. you're, you won the Cleric Judd and the Masters. I mean, come on. Yeah. So is it was yeah. it was it that coach thing? What what is it? Is it, is that part of well, it? Yeah, for
1: sure. If you're if you're gonna find one individual, you know, I mean, it's hard to really pick one. Yeah. I mean, it really is. I'm not suggesting that just to plug my team. It's just it's just very difficult. Yeah. I mean, he's been with me the longest. Uh, quite frankly, even before my wife. But, <laughs> um, so I've known him. You know, I've known him since 1999. So we've been together for 17 years. And yeah, he. I mean, he broke me down and built me back up. He saw something in me that you know, he kind of took a chance on me, if you will. I mean, I didn't have any money then. Shoot, I was playing the mini tours and just trying to you know, survive living out of my trunk. So yeah, yeah I mean, That's Mike amazing. would be certainly at, at the forefront of that. And then the other individuals that came alongside of him just enhanced it. But the, the other factor there specifically for me was I was a late bloomer and everything. I was late growing. I was late with my athleticism, with, with my uh, just ability to compete. I mean, it just every, everything yeah. was just a little bit late. I mean, I, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess, you know, I know this is a the only example I can give you, and it's, <laughs> I guess there's some coincidence and irony both involved is, you know, from another sport would be Kurt Warner, right? Yes. He played at the University of Northern Iowa. Yep. He was a fifth-year senior starter. Mm-hmm. He was boxing shows at a grocery store. He plays the Arena Football League and mm-hmm. maybe at one other league, and the next thing you know, he's a two-time NFL MVP, right. you know? Uh, we went to the same high school. So no like, way! Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Oh my strange. gosh! I know. Is but strange. My point is, is, maybe you know, and I don't know what it is. I mean, you know, thinking of my childhood, and I know, Kurt, shoot, when I was in high school or growing up, Kurt Warner was a basketball player. He, I mean, he was the quarterback, but he was a better basketball player. You know, and, and when I was growing up, I think my my family certainly would have said, "Well, he has a pretty good jump shot, and he can kick a ball." Okay, golf. <laughs> eh, you know, golf. Eh, That's yeah. amazing. You know, that kind of thing. So, you know, it really wasn't, you know, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't like a superior athlete. I was, I was moderately skilled, and I just loved to compete. And yeah. it's amazing when, when, I'll tell you this, it's amazing once, you know, I got to college, all my sports time was golf. I left college, all of my time was golf. And really, you know, the dramatic, the dramatic change happened really when I was able to devote all my work time mm-hmm. to golf and then again yeah. meeting my meeting my wife, meeting Brad, meeting all these guys and it, every little step along the way has just gotten you know it's just gotten that much
0: better it's such a great story. do you ever sit back i'm curious By the way, I ought to give hope to all you late blooming business people that hear this too there's time there's a chance and <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you ever sit back i'm curious I, I, sometimes this happens to me, but are there days where you you go, what the heck? Look at like I know you just moved into a new home. Like, do you ever go? Can you believe this is happening? Or are you so used to being this way now that it's hard to remember how it used to be?
1: Uh, a, a little bit of both, yeah. It's a little bit of both. There's no question. I mean, we, we I mean, Ed, you, you've been back there, and you, you obviously know a lot of. Uh, we have a lot of mutual friends, but I mean, I went back to Iowa for Thanksgiving, and I was back there, and and saw some my friends America. You know people and I've, I've you know you, you just you're, you're back i'm back where i grew up and i'm like yeah. man this is where it started you know and now look where i'm at you know i yeah. mean that yeah you, you might have that that sort of thing kind of dawns on me occasionally yeah. i don't ever want to lose that i don't ever want to forget that yeah. um you know if anything i what i don't want to forget is those you know three to four years where i literally was living in my car and trying to find the next super, you know. Wow. Motel 6, Super 8 that I could crash at to play a golf tournament. Those are the years that I, I really want to continue to reflect on and relish and learn from because it, that, that makes, you know, the whole uh, getting to the PGA Tour that much sweeter, getting to, you know, or seeing your dreams realized that much sweeter. No
0: question, um,
1: man. But, true. you know, I, I'll tell you, I mean, it, you know, it, I've, I've I've had some success and I've tasted this and I've tasted that. I've been in this arena and been in that arena. And, and, you know, it's fulfilling for a a period, but when it comes down to it, it's not the most fulfilling thing in life. And I, and I don't ever want to take my, my, my profession, my vocation. I don't ever want to make it my number one priority. And I never, I hope it it never will be. It never really has been. There's times, you know, where I have a reality check and my wife will, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, proverbially slap me around a little bit and, (laughs) and get me back going. But you know, the moment that, that my job, rules my life is, is the moment that I, it's going to get me it's going it's to chew me up and spit me out so mm-hmm. you know you've got to have perspective but I love the journey I love the I love the work I love the journey and uh, I
0: wouldn't change a second of it I love this call like that's my favorite part about you is what you just said and that was my last question so we'll finish with that I love what you just said Please. it's my favorite thing you said and that is that I know for you how important your family is and but hmm. the thing I want to finish with if you don't mind and that is that I, the thing probably I admire a little bit even beyond that is your faith. And I know, mm. I know that that's not something athletes talk a lot about, but I, I'd be curious as to how, if you wouldn't mind just saying for a minute, and we finish on that, how central that is to your life? Does it give you comfort when you're playing the game? Does it give you perspective? How does your faith I guess find its way into your golf game and the rest of your life. What's its place in your life? If you don't mind elaborating on it, not
1: at all, not at all. I mean, you know, what what I've, uh, I, guess, I guess, you know, in, in any in any profession, and you get to a certain age, you're always kind of like, okay, why am I here? What's the purpose of this? What's, you know, is this where I'm supposed to be? You know, I mean, is this is this is this where the Lord wants me or? you know, whatever it is. And, and, you know, I've had a many moments where I've asked that question and, you know, it it never, you know, I I pray about this, I pray about that and may not, I may not get the answer I want immediately, but in time, my prayers are answered. And, and it's, it's it's one of those things where if I sit back and look back on now, Ed, it's, it's, I mean, my life's been a complete blessing and it starts with the family that raised me. It starts with the wife that I met along the way. And now having three kids, and it just so ha- just so happens that I hit a golf ball, chase it, and hit it again and um, mm-hmm. you know that that's again I, I, if my profession defines me, I, things are just going to go completely askew and um, I I love, I love the fact that you know the Lord gave me some intangible i guess innate you know uh, uh, traits where competition and you know being being a competitor and an athlete is one of them. Um, and I don't, I don't, you know, I, I know that's where he's got me for a reason. I, I, I understand that, you know, the way I see it as a Christian, my ministry is my, my game of golf. That's mm-hmm. how I can certainly, uh, um, expand on and, and people can get to learn about what Zach Johnson's all about, What is what is what his, what his priorities are all about. And, and, you know, and it, it really is. It's faith first and family and that kind of thing. I mean, I, I if you're going to get me, you're going to get all of me. So, you know, I, as, as a believer, as a Christian, it, it just helps me align my priorities, and and each and every day. You know, I, it, it again, every, every day can be a struggle. It doesn't matter what stage of life you're in, it doesn't matter where you are, where you live, what 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 you're up against. But when it comes down to it, you know, if if, if you firmly believe that that there's a higher calling, and in my instance, in Jesus, I mean, I, I it doesn't matter what I'm going to tackle. I know in the end. Uh, he's got my back, and um, you know, I'm not suggesting it's going to be W's wins and losses that that, that part's relevant, But in the grand scheme of things, you know, I don't want my legacy to be wrapped around golf. But my legacy should be wrapped around the fact that, shoot, he treated people the way they were supposed to be treated. He's got three great kids, and and you know, and he calls Jesus Christ the savior. That's really all that matters.
0: That is wonderful. By the way and you do do that you've actually got me a little choked up there because i love what you stand for and i appreciate you being bold enough to stand up and say it as well so i really zach i gotta tell you i i enjoyed this very much and uh i know the people that will hear it
1: Likewise, hope we can do it again
0: (laughs) i'm sure you're dying to but i gotta tell you i enjoyed it and i know the people that are going to listen to it will as well so god bless you brother and i appreciate the time and i know the people that listen got great value from it and and get a little bit more insight into what's made you so successful. So thank you so much. This is the Admirate Show.